the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 3rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On July 3rd, 1976, Israel launched a daring mission to rescue 106 passengers and an Air France crew members who were being held at Entebbe, the airport in Uganda, by pro-Palestinian hijackers. The commandos succeeded in rescuing all but four of the hostages. Benjamin Netanyahu's brother led that group from Israel. They uh, were successful, except for four hostages. I remember that. I was spending quite a bit of time in Africa during those years and other places around the world in mission work. And I was particularly involved in Western, in Africa, in a number of countries, but particularly I was involved right during that time in Kenya, and we were out on the western uh, side of Kenya near Lake, Lake Victoria, which shares a border with Uganda. And so I was talking to guys and spending time with them. We were starting several churches out there and building them at the same time, a physical building. And um, I, was, I got to know some of the families and things, and they were telling me about what was going on in Uganda. It was unbelievable. A lot of people were saying that Idi Amin, who led the country at that time, was had been a practicing cannibal. They didn't know if he still was. That was a very dark time for the country. But Israel went in there in the dark of night, and uh, Amin and Uganda was holding these prisoners, and they got all of them but four of the hostages out of there. It was unbelievable. I remember the news in in Nairobi, in the capital of, of uh, Kenya. I remember the news the next day was the, how it was a miracle of God. And people recognized it as that at the time, and I think we should as well. But anyway, I remember that time, and I had a kind of a connection, a close proximity, I guess, more than a connection to that incident. Today in 1775, George, General George Washington took command of the Continental Army at Cambridge, Massachusetts. Today in 1863, the pivotal three-day Civil War Battle of Gettysburg in Pennsylvania ended a major victory for the North, the Confederate troops failed to breach Union positions during an assault known as Pickett's Charge. Today in 1986, President Ronald Reagan presided over a gala ceremony in New York Harbor that saw the relighting of the renovated Statue of Liberty. And today in 2020, speaking at the foot of Mount Rushmore on the eve of Independence Day, President Donald Trump he said that protesters advocating for racial justice were trying to push CRT, critical race theory, which is false. And he said they were engaging in a merciless campaign to wipe out our history. I agree. He was right. They were and they are. That's where we are in our nation today. But there is hope. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. There are people taking a stand for what is right, what is righteous, 
in our country today, and there are more of them than I think the left had anticipated. We'll come back to that in a moment. Psalm 33 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with psaltery, an instrument of ten, ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, for let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. And verse 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. That is a bit of the story of America. I know there are people in our country today, and perhaps some listening, who want to disagree with that. Never, they say, never, never was America a Christian nation. Oh, yes, it was. It wasn't designed, it wasn't built to become a Christian nation. It just was by virtue of the Christian consensus that existed among the people who formed this nation. They put everything they had on the line, on the table. Their life, the lives of their families, and many lost. We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow, but I'm going to talk more about what the 4th of July really represents as far as our independence and so on. But America was founded out of the abundance of Christian belief. Our founding fathers had a belief, even the the least religious ones, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, they didn't claim to be highly religious, and yet, by their own testimony, they believed in the God of the Bible That's why this nation was blessed from the very inception of it. Today, we have drifted far from that. And sometimes we get the feeling that everything, I mean, everybody is going in the wrong direction in regards to the scripture that we just read and other scripture. But everybody isn't. People across this nation in places of power, in positions of power, and just ordinary people like you and me out here taking a stand. They're saying, no, this is enough. So whether we're in leadership, invisible, or whether we are merely going about our daily lives with family and our job and paying our bills and buying our groceries and watching the prices go up and all of that, um, there is a move. There is a, a pushback a bit of an awakening in America that something is very, very wrong. And people are not just talking about it, but they're starting to take a stand. They're starting to stand for what they know in their heart is right. And much of what we're seeing in our culture today 
is not right. It's wrong. It's very, very wrong. So I want to talk a little bit about that today, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow. There is hope as we celebrate our independence from England. And we want to be careful that we don't become dependent upon a different king who is more deadly and more destructive than the king of England was. Boston University's School of Law students are being urged to seek therapy. (laughs) Yeah, they're being urged to seek therapy in the wake of the several conservative Supreme Court decisions, including a decision striking down the use of racial preferences in university admissions. That happened just last week. I talked to you about it the day that the Supreme Court came out with that ruling. And uh, it was such a shocker that these kids, these adult-sized kids, children, cannot have their college free, that if they can find any trace of minority other than white, they can get all kinds of benefits. I mean, we've gotten so far off track that these people think what is not normal is normal. And when you begin to align with normal and true and truth, they break down and these, these are not little children in kindergarten. These are university students in law school. They're going to become the lawyers and the judges in the future. As I said, I think we're in a correction mode in America today. I truly do. I want that, but I've wanted it for quite some time, but I didn't see it. But I, I just believe there is a correction taking place, and we'll see the benefits of that. But the, uh, the Supreme Court decisions is just blowing these people away because they disagree with them. The Boston University Law Student Government Association, SGA, sent an email to all the students denouncing the court's decisions in those three uh, various rulings that came down this past week. As I said, we talked about them on this program. The Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard, that was a racial preference case. Um, 303 Creative LLC versus Elinus, that's upholding the right of a website designer not to include pro-same-sex messages uh, in the state, even though the state demands them where this woman lives. She's a Christian, she's a devout Christian, and these people, it's the same story. Baron L. Stutzman went through that as a florist in, in Richland some years ago, and, and Cake makers and everybody well this is a website designer so these guys come to her and they want this website and they want it all laced with with this lgbtqia blah 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 stuff and she says you know what i I can't do that i'm a christian i i I can't do that so boom they sue her they always sue and it worked its way through and the, the supreme court judged made a judgment on it and they ruled in favor of this person because she's a Christian. She has a right not to be forced and coerced to do things. And the Supreme Court made made the case that we're talking about the difference between tolerance and coercion. And this woman didn't say she didn't tolerate the gays. She simply said, I can't be coerced to do their bidding and promote their lifestyle and behavior. And I won't do it. And there are more and more people doing that, even though it can be costly to them, and is. Well, that was the other case. Then the final case was 
was the, uh, I think it was Biden versus Nebraska. And um, President Joe Biden, that's his student low transfer program, one of the great transfers of wealth in America. I mean, they're t- if they went all the way with this, they're talking about a trillion dollars, I suppose, in student debt. And these people are, are now having an emotional breakdown at Boston University, law students, because they're going to have to pay their bill for going to college. And they wanted the government to pay it, which the government wouldn't have paid it. It would have been you and me who send our money to the government. We would have been paying it. And they're all broken up now, and they're just having you know, complete breakdowns emotionally, and they're looking for help. And so they're offering counsel to these students. And the, um, the Student Government Association reminded the students that there's availability for mental health and uh, wellness resource. I mean, I'm not, I'm not laughing. I'm trying not to laugh, but mental health and wellness resources. When, when, how did we get to a point where if you somebody says, now you've, you've ran up this bill. I mean, you went to college. You didn't pay. You kept signing these little notes. What did you think they meant? Well, I don't know. Now that I have my master's degree, I don't know what I was signing. That's basically what they're saying. And, said, and then somebody stands up and says, well, you know, um, excuse me, but you owe this money and we're going we're gonna to pay it for you. Oh, they say, oh, how wonderful. Yes, we deserve that. We've worked hard and we're, you know, we so-and-so and whatever. And Joe Biden says, and remember, there's an election coming up. Supreme Court says, no, Joe Biden nor anyone else regardless of who it may be in the president's office, does not have the authority to spend that kind of money paying these kids' bills. And now they need counseling, these kids, <laughs> because we weren't going to pay their college bill. I, I mean, it's, it, it's just unbelievable. But that's where we are in that regard. There, the, the reminder that went out said the assenting judges went so far as to say that the race-based admission system uses race as a negative and operates it as a stereotype. They may couch their opinion in legal jargon, but we all know what this opinion aims to do. Advocate for, the, for a colorblind admission process. Have they ever looked at the Statue of Liberty? Talking about colorblind? Did they ever listen to or read anything that Martin Luther King talked about. They are accusing the Supreme Court of trying to sneak through the back door and advocate for a colorblind admission process. That's what Martin Luther King advocated for. That's what the Civil War was about. That's what America is about. It's about justice for all, not preference for most Law schools have become notorious in recent years for coddling left-wing students disappointed by reality. And that's what it is. All of a sudden, they wake up and somebody hands them a bill and says, well, did you have a good time at university? Oh, yeah, it was great, man. Well, here's your bill. It's $240,000. And all they know how to do, for the most part, is either litigate against ordinary people or protest. In either case, probably isn't going to make them rich, as they thought it might. Anyway, enough on that, but I'll tell you, I am not a fan of public education or private education the way it's going now. 
but I am a devout believer in education. It just needs to be the right kind of education. I want to just take a moment and say thank you for your support. We mentioned a little shortfall the other day. I'm not going to get into that again, but just one more reminder. If you can help us with that, we ran a little short last month. Thank you in advance. And um, I know that the Lord will speak to hearts and we'll take care of that as we move on. But our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go online to Faith and Freedom, faithandfreedom.us. And you can contribute online, and many are doing that. It's at faithandfreedomandfreedom.us. Remember, uh, remember Sarah Huckabee Sanders? She was the spokesperson of the press person that were at those daily press meetings for uh, representing Donald Trump when he was president. Mike Huckabee's daughter. She grew up in the um, in the mansion, the uh, governor's mansion in Arkansas. Her father, Mike Huckabee, a great guy. I don't, I don't, I've never met him, but I really think a lot of him. I, I appreciate him a great deal. I think most of us do. Anyway, Sarah grew up in the in the house there because Mike was was governor for ten years. He was appointed for two and then reelected for eight more years. So they spent ten years living in this house. Well, she after she left the uh, press secretary's job uh, with Donald Trump on very good terms. Uh, she ran for governor of Arkansas, and she is now the governor of Arkansas. Well, interesting, the other day, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she commented on Facebook about the beautiful artwork that her three kids had created on the driveway to the entrance of the governor's mansion. Like I said, she grew up there. I'm sure she didn't have to acclimate. She felt pretty comfortable with it. She has three kids, and uh, they were out there making this drawing. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, they really did a great job. And in fact, I wrote an article about this today, and it's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. So you can you can see it there. You can see a picture of what they did. But anyway, she was commenting about the beautiful artwork that her kids had created on the driveway to the entrance of the governor's mansion. Not with paint. They're not LGBTQ. They're they're Christians. So they use chalk, and you can you know you can power wash or wash that off. Anyway, the uproar began immediately after Sanders shared a photograph of her three children standing behind their great piece of art, artwork. The artwork was a large image of a cross and stained glass, uh, like a big stained glass window. And they had colored this whole area of concrete there. It, I mean, it really is a good job. I mean, they did a great job. But anyway, the caption on the image, it says, new artwork to welcome people into the governor's mansion. So mom liked it, and she took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook. Well, the left blew up the propose the <laughs> the post pro, uh, provoked a response from the secular uh, organization of americans united it's a non-profit organization they're based in washington dc the group wrote a letter to the governor immediately it costs you know what a dollar now for a stamp no almost though it cost a stamp to send them a, a letter a letter so she, they sent a letter to her and they were arguing that the uh, the chalk artwork conveys an impermissible message that those who do not share the favored faith of unwelcome are unwelcome and they'll be treated differently. Well, I, th- th- they're assuming that. 
That, that's not what she was saying. Anybody that knows her or has watched her professionally, that's she's anything but that. But, oh, no, they had to go to that immediately, which they always do. So Americans United wrote on Twitter, When fighting to defend church-state separation, we must always reject Christian nationalism. Two days ago, that would be like celebrating the 4th of July. So we don't want any of that in America. Two days ago, they said, this is Americans United. Two days ago, Sarah Huckabee Sanders posted a photo of a Latin cross at the entrance of the Arkansas governor's mansion. We sent her a letter to explain why this is a problem. The letter says in part, and I have a copy of that letter I included in this article, it says, Dear Governor Sanders, we have received a complaint. They always can find somebody to make a complaint when they want to do this, and they, they really do. One person is enough to set these guys off. We've received a complaint regarding a large depiction of a Latin cross at an entrance to the Ar- Arkansas governor's mansion. You posted a picture of this display on your official Facebook page stating, New artwork to welcome people into the governor's mansion. As a government building, the governor's mansion exists to welcome guests regardless of faith or belief. See, they start making assumptions. She's not unwelcoming to anybody. Her kids just kind of have this Christian worldview. Anyway, promotion of one religion over others through a religious, quoting the the Americans United, um, through a religious display at the entrance to a mansion sends this, this message that those who do not share the favored faith, meaning Christianity, are unwelcome and will be treated differently. While you and your family members are free to create and display religious imagery in private areas of your mansion and its grounds, displaying a cross at the entrance to welcome people into the governor's mansion violates the establishment clause of the U.S. Constitution. That is not true. That is the line that this generation and the previous have been taught, but that isn't true. That isn't what the Establishment Clause says. But anyway, they continue. We therefore ask that you remove the display and refrain from placing similar displays in public areas of the mansion in the future. The Supreme Court recently emphasized that the Establishment Clause must be interpreted by reference to historical practices and understanding, they say, and that the line between the permissible and the impermissible, has to accord with history and faithfully reject the understanding of the Founding Fathers and reflect the understanding of the Founding Fathers. Well, it does. <laughs> the Founding Fathers, that's what they, it was all about. That's why they created America, so we could have freedom of religion and freedom of expression. And the Establishment Clause was anything but a, a stand against that. All that the Founding Fathers did when they were putting together our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, the the Constitution, and so on, what they did, everything they did, was to promote more religious freedom. These guys have tried to invert their words because they've been dead for a while now, and they've made it something they, they never said, they never wrote, they never placed into the founding structure of this nation. It doesn't, I mean, they're just wrong. They quote a bunch of cases, including Coach Kennedy's case in Bremerton, and they try to turn that around, and they say it was regarding prayer on the football field, which the court upheld. The leftists say this religious display at the governor's mansion flies in the face of those historical understandings. It doesn't. Thomas Jefferson never said the Constitution requires the church to separate itself from the government. He didn't say that. 
He was telling a group of religious people, Baptists, that were really concerned that the government was going to come and put the heavy hand on them like they knew in England and uh, and our founding fathers knew in England. And he promised the Don Danbury Baptists, Jefferson did, that the Constitution purposely provided a wall created to protect the church from the government. These people are so messed up. And that was the historical practice and understanding until the left began its march against the Christian church and perverted and inverted what Jefferson had explained to the Baptists. He said, don't worry about it. We have taken precaution that the government cannot infuse itself or put itself into the business of the church. We have a wall to separate them to keep them out of the business of the church. Spencer Brown wrote an article in Town Hall talking about this yesterday. He said, joyous leftists, (laughs) they are joyless leftists, he said, as they are prone to do, got all triggered when Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders used her kids, allowed her kids to draw a cross surrounded by colorful stained glass and put it on, on social media. He said, quickly, the hall monitors of Americans United for separation of church and state issued a demand letter. But I want to talk about governors the governor's response in what should come as really as a surprise to no one, Governor Sanders is not backing down. She's bending to the will, not bending to the will of the people, but she is she is taking a stand against this no God in government crowd. And uh, in an official letter of her own on Friday, she had this to say. I have received your letter. And my answer is no. <laughs> she said, I will erase, I will not erase the beautiful cross my kids drew in chalk on the driveway of the governor's mansion or remove my post on social media, and I will not allow or ever hide that I am a Christian, saved by Jesus Christ. She continued, explaining that the Americans United is wrong to claim that our Constitution prevents public officials, let alone their families, from making earnest expressions of religious faith. She said, our founding documents are riddled with religious language, stating plainly that the very rights you claim to defend are endowed by our Creator. She said, you are asking me to ignore that truth and hide a crucial part of my identity and the identity of my kids? That I will not do. She said, in Arkansas, we stand up to bullying liberals. (laughs) said, we won't let you power wash our kids' chalk drawings off our front steps. We won't let you tear down Christmas decorations and stomp our traditions into the dirt. We don't live our lives in fear of strongly worded letters coming down from Washington. She said, I'm offended by the implication that just because I am a Christian, I am somehow a bigot. All people of all faiths are welcome in our state. All Arkansans are welcome to the governor's mansion. She said, we are all citizens of this same great country. You know, one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. For too long, the left has counted on being able to shame and bully and push conservatives and biblical Christians around into hiding our values and our beliefs. They silence us from time to time because we know there could be repercussions. They're not in the majority, they're in the minority. But things are changing. There is a shift that's taking place. Not only the Sarah Sanders of this world, but the other people 
who are not in leadership, who are not well-known. They're taking a stand. They're pushing back. Praise the Lord. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.